Psalm 41, Part 1 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2 by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 41, Part 1. To the people, on the Feast of the Martyrs. The solemn day of the martyrs hath dawned, therefore to the glory of the Passion of Christ, the captain of martyrs, who spared not himself, ordering his soldiers to the fight, but first fought, first conquered, that their fighting he might encourage by his example, and aid with his majesty, and crown with his promise. Let us hear somewhat from this psalm pertaining to his passion. I commend unto you oftentimes, nor grieve I to repeat, what for you is useful to retain, that our Lord Jesus Christ speaketh often of himself, that is, in his own person, which is our head, often in the person of his body, which are we, and his church, but so that the words sound as from the mouth of one, that we may understand the head and the body to consist together in the unity of integrity, and not be separated the one from the other, as in that marriage whereof it is said, they too shall be one flesh. If then we acknowledge two in one flesh, let us acknowledge two in one voice. First, that which responding to the reader we have sung, though it be from the middle of the psalm, from that I will take the beginning of the sermon. Verse 5. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When he shall die, then shall his name perish. This is the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. But see if herein are not understood the members also. This was spoken also when our Lord himself walked in the flesh here on earth. For when they saw the multitude following his authority, his divinity, and majesty set forth by miracles, when this saw the Jews, of whom the Lord himself put forth a similitude, that they said, This is the heir, come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. They spoke one to another, that is, among themselves. Whence is the word of Caiaphas, the high priest? Perceive ye that a great multitude followeth him, Behold, the world is gone after him. If we let him thus alone, the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. It is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. But the words of him, not knowing what he said, hath the evangelist explained to us, saying, This spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. Yet they, when they saw the people go after him, said, When he shall die, then shall his name perish. That is, when we have slain him, then shall his name be no more in the earth. Nor shall he seduce any, being dead. But by that very slaying of him shall men understand that he was but a man whom they followed, that there was in him no hope of salvation, and shall desert his name, and it shall no more be. He died, and his name perished not, but his name was sown as seed. He died, but he was a grain, which dying, the corn immediately sprang up. When glorified then was our Lord Jesus Christ, began they much more, and much more numerously, to trust in him. Then began his members to hear what the head had heard. Now then, our Lord Jesus Christ, being in heaven, sat down, and himself in us laboring on earth, still spake his enemies, When he shall die, then shall his name perish. For hence stirred up the devil persecutions in the church to destroy the name of Christ. Unless haply ye think, brethren, that those pagans, when they raged against Christians, said not this among themselves, to blot out the name of Christ from the earth, that Christ might die again, not in the head, but in his body, were slain also the martyrs. 
to the multiplying of the church availed the holy blood poured forth to help its seminating came also the death of the martyrs precious in the sight of the lord is the death of his saints more and more were the christians multiplied nor was it fulfilled which spake the enemies when he shall die then shall his name perish even now also it is spoken down sit the pagans and compute them the years they hear their fanatics saying a time shall come when christians shall be none and those idols must be worshipped as before they were worshipped still they say when he shall die then shall his name perish twice conquered now the third time be wise christ died his name has not perished the martyrs died multiplied more is the church groweth through all nations the name of christ he who foretold of his own death and of his resurrection he who foretold of his martyr's death and of their crown he himself foretold of his church things yet to come if truth he spake twice has he the third time lied vain then is what ye believe against him better is it that ye believe in him that ye may understand upon the needy and poor one that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might become rich but now because he became poor he is contemned and they say he was but man what was he he died he was crucified he is a man ye worship and a man ye have hope a dead man ye adore thou art deceived understand upon the needy and poor one that through his poverty thou mayest be made rich what is understand upon the needy and poor one to accept christ himself needy and poor saying in another psalm i am poor and needy yet the lord thinketh upon me what is it to understand upon the needy and poor one that he emptied himself and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and was found in fashion as a man that he was rich with god poor with us rich in heaven poor in earth rich being god poor being man does this then disturb thee that thou seest a man that thou lookest upon flesh that thou beholdest death that thou deridest a cross doth this disturb thee understand upon the needy and poor one what is this understand that where is exposed to thee infirmity therein lieth hid divinity rich was he because so he is poor was he because so but now wast thou but yet is his poverty our riches even as his infirmity is our strength as his foolishness is our wisdom as his mortality is our immortality what the poor is consider him measure not by others poverty to fill the poor came he who became poor wherefore open the bosom of faith receive thou the poor one lest poor thou remain verse one blessed is he that understandeth upon the needy and poor one in the evil day shall the lord deliver him for the evil day will come will thou nil thou come it will the day of judgment will come upon thee an evil day if thou understand not the needy and poor for what now thou wilt not believe shall be made manifest in the end but neither shalt thou escape when it shall be made manifest because thou believest not when it is kept secret invited art thou what thou seest not to believe lest when thou see thou be put to the blush understand then upon the needy and poor one that is christ understand in him the hidden riches whom poor thou seest in him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge for thereby in the evil day shall he deliver thee in that he is god but in that he is man and that which in him is human hath raised to life and changed for the better he hath lifted thee to heaven but he who is god who would have one person in man and with man could neither decrease nor increase neither die nor rise again he died out of man's infirmity but god dieth not 
in that the word of God dieth not, wonder not, since neither dieth the soul of the martyr. Heard we not but now the Lord himself saying, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Did then, the martyrs dying, the martyr's souls not die, and Christ dying, should the word die? Surely the word of God is much greater than the soul of man, for the soul of man was made by God. And if it was made by God, by the word was it made, for all things were made by him. Therefore neither dieth the word, since even the soul made by the word dieth not. But as we rightly say, such a man died, though his soul dieth not. So we rightly say, Christ died, though his divinity dieth not. Wherefore died? Because needy and poor. Let not his death offend thee, and avert thee from beholding his divinity. Blessed is he that understandeth upon the needy and poor one. Consider also the poor, the needy, the hungry, and thirsty, the naked, the sick, the prisoners. Understand also upon such poor. For if upon such thou understand, thou understandest upon him who said, I was unhungered, I was thirsty, I was a stranger, naked, sick, in prison. So in the evil day shall the Lord deliver thee. And see thy blessedness, the Lord preserve him. The prophet wisheth well to him that understandeth upon the needy and poor one. That well wishing is a promise. Secure may they wait, who this do. The Lord preserve him and make him alive. What is preserve him and make him alive? To what pertaineth make him alive? To the future life. For he is made alive who was dead. But can a dead man understand upon the needy and poor? Nay, but that making alive he promiseth to us. Whereof said the apostle, The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if he who raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. This then is the making alive which he promised to him that understandeth upon the needy and poor. But because, saith the apostle to Timothy, having the promise of the life which now is, and of that which is to come, lest they should think, who understand upon the needy and poor, that they should be received indeed into heaven, but neglected on earth, and should not hope but for that which shall be to eternity, but in that which is at present, should think that God careth not for his saints and faithful ones. Therefore, when he had said what most chiefly we ought to expect, the Lord preserve him and make him alive, he looked back to this life and bless him, saith he, upon earth. Raise then thine eyes to these promises with Christian faith. God deserteth thee not on earth, and he promiseth somewhat in heaven. For many evil Christians, inspectors of calendars, and inquirers and observers of times and days, when therein they have begun to be reproved by us, or by some good and better Christians, asking why they do these things, answer, These things are necessary for this present time, but we are Christians for the sake of life eternal. Therefore believe we in Christ that he may give us life eternal, for this life temporal in which we live pertaineth not to his regard. Remains only that they should briefly say this, that for life eternal God, and for this life present the devil be worshipped. To these answereth Christ himself, Ye cannot serve two masters. And one thou worshippest, for what thou expectest in heaven, and another thou worshippest, for what thou expectest on earth. How much better to worship one who made both heaven and earth? He who cared that earth should be, doth he neglect his own image on earth? Therefore the Lord preserve him, and make him alive, that understandeth upon the needy and poor. Moreover, though he make him alive to eternity, bless him upon earth. Verse 2. And deliver him not into the hand of his enemy. The enemy is the devil. 
Let none think of a man his enemy when he hears these words. Haply one thought of his neighbor, of him who had a suit with him in court, of him who would take from him his own possession, of him who would force him to sell him his house. Think not this, but that enemy think of, of whom said the Lord, an enemy hath done this. For he it is who suggests that for things earthly he be worshipped, for overthrow the Christian name this enemy cannot. For he hath seen himself conquered by the fame and praises of Christ. He hath seen, whereas he slew Christ's martyrs, that they are crowned, he triumphed over. He hath begun to be unable to persuade men that Christ is not, and because by reviling Christ he now with difficulty deceives, by lauding Christ he endeavors to deceive. Before this what said he, Whom worship ye? A Jew, dead, crucified, a man of no moment, who could not even from himself drive away death. When after his name he saw running the whole human race, saw that in the name of the crucified temples are thrown down, idols are broken, sacrifices abolished, and that all these things predicted in the prophets are considered by men, by men with wonder astonished, and closing now their hearts against the reviling of Christ, he clothes himself with praise of Christ, and begins to deter from the faith in another manner. Great is the law of Christ, powerful is that law, divine, ineffable. But who fulfilleth it? In the name of our Saviour, tread upon the lion and the dragon. By reviling openly roared the lion, by lauding craftily lurks the dragon. Let them come to the faith who doubted, and not say, Who fulfilleth it? If on their own strength they presume, they will not fulfill it. Presuming on the grace of God, let them believe. Presuming on it, let them come. To be aided, come, not to be judged. So live all the faithful in the name of Christ, each one in his degree, fulfilling the commands of Christ, whether married or celibates and virgins. They live as much as God granted them to live, neither presume they in their own strength, but know that in him they ought to glory. For what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Say not to me, Who fulfilleth it? He in me fulfilleth it, who to the poor came rich, poor indeed to the poor, but to the empty full. This thinking, whoso understandeth upon the needy and poor, and despiseth not the poverty of Christ, he understandeth the riches of Christ. He is blessed upon earth, and is not delivered into the hand of his enemy. Of him that would persuade him that God be worshipped for things heavenly, the devil be worshipped for things earthly, and deliver him not into the hand of his enemy. Verse 3 the Lord help him. But when? Haply in heaven, haply in the life eternal, that so it remained to worship the devil for earthly needs, for the necessities of this life, far be it. Thou hast promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. He came unto thee on earth, by whom were made heaven and earth. Consider then what he saith, the Lord help him, on his bed of pain. The bed of pain is the infirmity of the flesh, lest thou shouldest say, I cannot hold, and carry, and tie up my flesh. Thou art aided, that thou mayest. The Lord help thee on thy bed of pain. Thy bed did carry thee, thou carriedest not thy bed. But wast a paralytic inwardly. He cometh who saith to thee, Take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. The Lord help him on his bed of pain. Then to the Lord himself he turneth, as though it were asked, Why then, since the Lord helpeth us, Suffer we such great ills in this life, such great scandals, such great labors, such disquiet from the flesh and the world. 
he turneth to God, and as though explaining to us the counsel of his healing, he saith, Thou hast turned all his bed in his infirmity. What is, thou hast turned all his bed in his infirmity? By the bed is understood anything earthly. Every soul that is infirm in this life seeketh for itself somewhat whereon to rest, because intensity of labor and of the soul extended toward God, it can hardly endure perpetually. Somewhat it seeketh on earth whereon to rest, and in a manner with a kind of pausing to recline, as are those things which innocent ones love. For neither of the desires of the wicked must we now speak, as that many rest in theaters, many rest in circus, in the amphitheater, many rest in gambling, many in luxury of taverns, many in lust of adultery, many in violence of rapine, many in guile and treachery of frauds, in all these do men rest. What is rest? Delight in them. But remove we all these. Come we to the innocent man. He resteth in his house, his family, his wife, his children, in his poverty, his little farm, his orchid planted with his own hand, in some building fabricated with his own study. In these rest the innocent. But yet, God willing us not to have love but of life eternal, even with these, though innocent delights, mixeth bitterness, that even in these we may suffer tribulation, and so he turneth all our bed in our infirmity. Thou hast turned all his bed in his infirmity. Let him not then complain, when in these things which he hath innocently, he suffereth some tribulations. He is taught to love the better, by the bitterness of the worse, lest going a traveller to his country, he choose the inn instead of his own home. Thou hast turned all his bed in his infirmity. End of Psalm 41, Part 1